What's up everyone? This is Mayowa, your host, and you are listening to the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. More people than ever are building cool stuffs online from the scratch, solving problems and making a lot of money in the process. And on this show, I sit down with these amazing six-figure entrepreneurs to share their entrepreneurial journeys, the ideas, the opportunities, the strategy they are taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. And now let's get the show started. As long as we all have the same mutual goal in these stories is to let people know that they can fulfill their dreams. You're the only one making that decision. Your family said you were crazy. Family says I'm crazy, but now they're saying that you're the greatest and they always believed it. What's up, everyone? This is Mayowa, your host, and you are listening to the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. More people than ever are building cool stuffs online from the scratch, solving problems and making a lot of money in the process. And on this show, I sit down with these amazing six-figure entrepreneurs to share their entrepreneurial journeys, the ideas, the opportunities, the strategy they are taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. And now, let's get the show started. Hi everyone, my name is Mayowa and I'm the host of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm also the founder of the Book Court, a publishing agency that helps busy entrepreneurs to write and publish a book that helps them become an instant authority in their niche and feed, build more credibility, amplify their reach and also get more clients for their book. If you have a book idea as a coach, consultant and thought leader in your space, head straight to the bookcourt.com. That is T-H-E-B-O-O-K-C-O-T.com to book a call. On this episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast, I've got another amazing Six Figure Entrepreneur. And before we get the whole show started, I will just pass the mic to him. He will introduce himself, tell us a bit about himself, then we get the show started. Excellent. Mayowa, thank you so much for having me as a guest today. My name is Richard Blank. I'm the CEO of Costa Rica's call center, smack dab here, right here in Central America. And once again, I cannot wait to share ideas with you and your amazing six-figure entrepreneur audience. Yeah, thank you so much. We are super excited to have you as a guest on the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. Uh, so to just get the show rolling, can you just start with how you got into this entrepreneurial stuff? Like, what's the story like and what got you started as an entrepreneur? Well, I started my first business in my mid-30s, but I learned the business when I was 27 years old and had a one in a million opportunity to move to Costa Rica and to work at my friend's call center. And so when I was there over the course of four years, I got to see what the business was like from the inside and out and learn ways in which to enhance the experience. And so once I understood the industry, had some capital and was ready to go, I threw my hat in the ring and started my company. And here we are 14 years later with 150 full-time agents. I own a building that can house 300. And it was really more of a slow and steady experience, but very consistent. Ayoa. Yeah, thanks so much. That is very, very brief. So right now, like, I know you didn't start your entrepreneurial journey with your present business. So how did you get started with your present business? And how did the idea came to you? And just walk us through how you got started with your present business. Well, that, that's an excellent question. I was pretty much prepared for this by studying a second language in college. I'm originally from Northeast Philadelphia, and when I graduated back in 1991, Abington High School, I decided to be a Spanish communication major. So it was really just to make myself marketable. 
Iowa and and to be able to at least if I had the opportunity to move abroad to be able to once again integrate a little bit easier but so when I had this opportunity once again I was bilingual in Spanish I was capable of communicating in sales and promotions and so working at a call center I really saw the art of speech I realized that there are very large margins with it and if I could hire certain specialists in the human resources accounting, law, and my IT department, I would be able to scale and I would be able to grow a company because I can't wear all hats for all positions. I, you know, I'm a specialist in sales training, motivation, marketing, but um, I, I did need to bring in individuals that would be able to sustain a business over a long term. And so fortunately, I, I, I found the right people and I've had people with me over a decade and they've grown with me. And yeah. my main goal my OA is just to find ways to delegate and to promote people with a company. That that's how you're able to grow and sustain a, a long term. Yeah, company. that's awesome. Like you seeing a plug, like a space in the market, and you filling it in and providing that service for people. That's very awesome. So right now, how's been the journey for you? Like this whole entrepreneurial thing, how has it been for you? What lessons have you learned along the line? And just share with us what you have learned in all your years of being an entrepreneur. Well, that's, that's a wonderful question. I, first is I was very true to myself. I got a return on investment on my education because a lot of people study something and don't use it. So I, I am using my communication Spanish. And secondly, being a guest in this country, it was a wonderful experiment. I, I got a chance to see different cultures, traditions, and the fact that I was embraced here and I was able to feel comfortable enough to start feeding families and to try to grow a business, that was a nice spiritual thing as well. I fell in love in Costa Rica and married a Costa Rican girl. And so she and I started the business together. So that was a wonderful thing to have. But journeys really, you, you can't really look at it from the financial aspect because if that's all you're chasing, there's a thousand ways to make a dollar. I believe that if you're capable of helping others grow, and finding some sort of fulfillment so you're not compromising any sort of ethics, then you could be very lucky, Iowa, and you can have a luxury trade. Or, But, you know, the, a lot of people use call centers. I, I didn't create a call center. It's, it's, I've created an environment because you and I see the movies, and a lot of people might think that telemarketing is a transitional job or they don't want to do it. But, my friend, if we're selective of the campaigns that come in here, we give the individuals that work with me the proper resources and we coach them and monitor and be a mentor. There's no reason why their, their earnings potential could be limitless. So as long as people still need to speak with someone and not just send an email or work through chat, I believe that my industry not only will be there long-term, but if somebody really invests in active listening and engagement, and customer experience, there's a very good chance your company is going to grow through referrals and upsells and, you know, and client retention. So this stuff is very important. It's just not a one and a done sort of phone call. We're really looking for long-term relationships with our clients. Okay. That's a very, very, very cool story you've got over there. So present day, 2022, what is the structure of your business and revenue-wise, where are you this particular year? Well, we took a huge hit during COVID, which a lot of people had done. The labor laws meant that instead of using my brick and mortar location, I had to send the majority of my agents to their homes. And we're still working on a hybrid model here. 
In fact, I only have about 30% of my staff on site. And so we've made those adjustments in regards to working with people virtually and the sort of labor pool and what people are looking for. But in regards to this industry, I once again, I see a lot of omni-channel non-voice support where either A, people are only preferring to communicate via email or chat and non-voice. And so that's a challenge for us because as I say, there's a lot of ways to have a better experience with a client and to learn a little bit more about them and to be able to solidify a relationship that's being taken away. But what I see is that Costa Rica, since it's near shore and we're close to the United States compared to offshore locations in Philippines and India, a lot of my clients are gravitating towards that. And also since Spanish is becoming a more prevalent language in the United States, there's more need for bilingual agents with Spanish language capacities. So once again, our, our labor force here has that sort of skill set. But to me, my friend, one thing that will never change is the empathy towards those that work with me and giving them their dignity and just making sure once again that they have job stability so they can go home and tell their families what they do. So if you're not a very good entrepreneur, leader, or boss, and nobody comes back to your business to work with you, you really don't have a business. So the most important thing is to really concentrate on your foundation and the individuals that work with you to help you grow. Okay. Uh, thanks for that. So one curious question I wanted to ask, you know, I've been hearing and I've been seeing six figures, entrepreneurs and successful business people online moving from the United States or even from other countries to countries like Costa Rica and Puerto Rico. What's, what's the big deal with Puerto Rico and uh, Costa Rica? I'm just very curious. There's so many reasons. I mean, if you think about it, our ancestors were nomads. My family came from Europe. I'm sure your family came from somewhere else before the UK. We all have traveled. In yeah, sure, sure. Uh -huh. and, and so maybe some people have that, as you say, entrepreneurial bug in them where they want to try something new. Some people like myself studied languages, so they either they want to practice it or immerse themselves in it. A lot of people, and I think you can attest to this being in the United Kingdom, they're moving to places with warmer weather, like I did from Philadelphia to Costa Rica. So there's nothing wrong with living in tropical paradise. Also, you might have tax benefits, cost of living. In Costa Rica, we have a lot of medical tourism. So people will come down here to be able to not only save a, an enormous amount of money, but to be able to once again receive the sort of uh, treatment that you could be getting in the United States for a fraction of the cost. So many reasons. And sometimes people just want to shed a skin. Iowa, they, they want to try something new in their life or they're ready for a new beginning. It's not like they're running from something. Naturally, if you move somewhere, you're bringing your mental baggage with you. But they might be yearning for adventure or they yeah. just says, I want <laughs> you, know, something new. you know, you know, you mentioned one interesting thing, which is uh, the idea of tax, you know. As an entrepreneur, I think there are many arts we have to put on as an entrepreneur. You have to learn how to make the money. You have to learn how to protect the money. And you have to learn how to manage the money. So it's not just about making the money. And I think it's a very smart decision for one moving from U.S. or maybe U.K. or maybe another country to a, an area where they can easily earn more for, for the same amount of work where we can earn more and reduce our time. I think that's a very smart one that you pointed out out there. Well, let me give you a specific example. By having my company inscribed in the United States and then also a Costa Rican company here so I can follow all labor laws, 
when I'm earning in the United States, there's something called a bona fide residency that since I'm outside of the United States for more than 300 days a year, once again, I'm tax exempt for up to $110,000 just off the bat. And so that's a lot of money. And even though you're sacrificing living far away from your family and some of the comforts of the home that you're used to, if you are capable of moving abroad, as you say, you could compile an enormous amount of savings and benefits just by living abroad. And so take it by a case-by-case basis. You know, you have to make sure you, your family or your partner is agreeing to that. A lot of the times your family might want you to stay closer to home and make you feel guilty a little bit. And if you can get past your parents' guilt, you can live anywhere in the world. So I think a lot more uh, decisions are made, not just financial. There, there are some emotional decisions that are put in there as well. Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. So now let's just transition into the question round where I have to throw some thought-provoking question at you and then you get back to us with answer. So Richard, should we go ahead? Absolutely. I'm ready to go. All right. So can you just tell us one book that you have read that changed your life that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? I most certainly do. When I was spending my junior year abroad in Spain, I was there for two semesters and I spent the Christmas break traveling Europe on a, on a Eurail and a very good friend of mine in Sevilla handed me a book and it was called Anthony Adverse. It was written in 1933 by Harvey Allen. It's 1,234 pages. And I swore to finish that book over Christmas break, but it was a wonderful story of an 18th century dreamer uh, that traveled the world and had adventure. And so for me, I just was kind of that classic romantic and I enjoyed it. So it's not like just reading a chapter of someone's life. You're literally reading an entire life. So that was the book that I would recommend to people. Okay. All right. Listeners out there, the book Richard just mentioned, you can get a link to the book by just heading straight to www.thesixfigureentrepreneur.com and just type in Richard in the uh, search bar and the show note for this episode will pop right up. So uh, speaking about book, Richard, if you had to write a book today, what would that book be about? Well, I'd be writing children's books, of course. I can't give you the entire idea, but a lot of it would have to do with Rube Goldberg experiments and mini golf. But it would be a fun book. It would be an interactive book. It would be a mentally pleasing book. I don't want to cause any stress. I would just want some sort of pondering and interaction and enjoyment. That's okay, why, why children's book? Why children's book? Because I always believe that... Um, Children can relate to it and adults can relate to it. And some of the best ways to form relationships is through play. And so I just don't want to give a self-help book or some sort of philosophy. But I think if people can interact with one another in a certain comfort level and a certain environment, they can build relationships. So that would be my sort of book in order to, once again, assist people in, in relationship building. Yeah, that's that's very unique. I've asked the same question from almost all of my guests on this show, and it has always been a nonfiction book, maybe self-development or towards uh, their expertise. And, you know, this your view about books is very, very different, and I think that is awesome. Uh, so, like, those children's books, what exactly has been stopping you or what has stopped you from writing those books? Well, it's really just about putting... a. Uh pen to paper, but I have all the ideas in my mind. And of course, as I mentioned before, everyone loves mini golf. And if you've ever studied Rube Goldberg experiments, they're fantastic. It's really about not the one time it works, but the 99 times it doesn't like what scientists do. There's so many failures compared to the success. And a lot of it has to do as an entrepreneur is not saying that you're batting 1%. 
but a lot of people do give up. And if you're willing to go that extra one time out of 99 times of not hitting it, you will finally strike gold. And so my book would once again be having people putting together these little mini golf sort of experiments through Rube Goldberg experiments. So it's a, a lot of creativity, almost like Lego as well. Yeah, that everyone, would be one for the whole family. So as I mentioned before, everyone <laughs> loves mini golf. That would be a very awesome book. And I, seriously, as a book coach, I think I'm very interested in your idea and it's a very unique and a very awesome one. If you don't mind, like I can offer some advice and some tips on how to get started with you getting those ideas into written or printed form uh, in form of a physical book or ebook, if you won't mind. Well, I'm all ears, of course. <laughs> I'd love to hear any <laughs> That's awesome. That. Okay. So what is one thing you did in your business that actually gave you a very big win? Really, this, this one thing in my business that, that I think really has changed everything was the fact of, um, once again, feeding families here. It, you know, when you run a business and you're a C-level executive, you have leverage. You can hire, fire, make or break somebody. And I've seen a lot of people are very egocentric and all they're looking to do is to, once again, puff their ego. To me, I'm quite the opposite. I'm an individual always looking to find the strengths in an individual, even if someone that doesn't have any experience working in this industry, those are the greatest agents to have because these are the ones that you can mold and you can mentor and they're not coming in with bad habits or becoming a cancer. And so when you're working with people, it's a lot of this interpersonal communication and, and conflict management. You, each person has their own style. And so as long as you're willing to have an open mind, put your ego aside and, and concentrate on synergy where everyone works to win. Then I think once again, a lot of the problems you may have or challenges you might confront will almost solve themselves. Okay. That's awesome. So uh, along the line of that in your business, what is one superpower that you think you've got that has contributed to you winning in life and in business? Oh. <laughs> I can easily answer that. I, I believe in a gamification culture where I'm an avid collector of pinball machines and retro arcade machines and jukeboxes. And so agents can meet others from different departments. They can let off steam and recharge batteries and hang out with me in a game room. And so once again, I've created an environment of play where instead of having a cigarette, going to Instagram or being by yourself, it's, it's interactive. These are games that are older than most of these agents. And since I have the space and I have the passion for it. It's really something that I can share with them. And so I'm not saying it, it's a make or break, but you know, Amazon is in Costa Rica. There's 10,000 agents here. And not saying Jeff Bezos isn't a brilliant genius, but yeah, the one thing I've done is I've played pinball with all of my agents and I don't think he has with his. So these are the sort of small wins that I can get to show the sort of stable, secure leadership that I give and that I'm a real solid CEO. I'm a real boss that cares and maybe I can break some of the stereotypes of what it's like to be an entrepreneur and a business owner. As I mentioned before, the greatest thing you could ever do is to work with people well and to promote them. Yeah, you are very right. I think, Richard, I, I must say this. You are one kind of a un unconventional entrepreneur because like, you know, you are just talking about how uh, you keep talking about all these unconventional stuff that are really exciting. And most entrepreneurs are, uh, you know, entrepreneurship can be very boring, but, you know, I think you have got 
a way to spice it up with some unheard or unconventional uh, stuff like gamification and even your choice of a book like uh, your book recommendation was very out of the world but i think that is cool that's the beauty of what i do right here on this show you know i get to talk to a lot of uh, six-figure entrepreneurs and from diverse ranges of life and different philosophy different mindsets and a whole lot of interesting personality and i think Richard, you are a very awesome personality. I must say that on here. Well, I appreciate that. And, and once again, I've been following your work and you inspired me enough to write you. And I could only imagine, because this is the first time you and I are actually talking like this. And this is not a first time that you have this sort of energy excitement. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. you, you live this. And I believe that you work very hard off the air, not only in your studies and your professional career, but with this six-figure entrepreneur podcast that you've mastered and is growing. And so I believe water seeks its own level. We're, I have no seminars. I'm not selling books. What I'm here to do today is just to put wind in your sails and share ideas with a friend. Yeah. And the fact that <laughs> you are on this sort of journey, this spiritual journey where all you're doing is gifting, Aoa. I think it's wonderful. And you yeah. know perfectly well it's going to come back. Thank you so much. That really means a lot to me. You know, this idea of, uh, let me just say this, this idea of this uh, podcast came as a result of, I've went through a lot in my entrepreneurial journey and I started this whole journey like 2012 when I resigned from my only full-time job. And, you know, throughout those years, it has been a very uh, interesting one anyway, even though for the first two years I was so broke. And fortunately, Today marks 10 years of me <laughs> leaving that paid job. Like uh, today is our uh, 29th of June, 2022. And it's just marked exactly a decade when I left that job. I was, I never knew what I was up to, what I would meet outside. And, you know, I just took that post step and family and friends are like, are you stupid? And then I don't even know what I was doing. I just knew that I can work something now, even though it took me to, two years to even get something working. But, you know, I've encountered a lot of hiccups, a lot of wins, a lot of failures, a lot of mistakes. I've lost money. I have made a lot of money. And, you know, I believe that as an entrepreneur, just like you are sharing your story, we have a lot of story. And just our story, can we don't know how what impact it can have on people might be thinking of quitting or giving up because I was at that point in my life, in my entrepreneurial journey, like towards the second year mark when uh, I almost gave up, if not for my ex, uh, my girlfriend of then, who actually inspired me to keep going, you know, and I just wanted someone to be motivated by listening to stories of amazing entrepreneurs who have built something from the scratch to a six-figure business or even seven-figure business. And for them to be able to understand that, you know what, if Richard can do it, I think I can do it as well. And also to just share some tips that has helped you to get ahead in business. Maybe one uh, someone out there can take that tip, implement it and get results for themselves. So that's just a drive behind uh, this podcast. And it has been a very awesome journey talking to amazing people like you. I know it's yeah. it's just awesome. And I think that's one thing that stops a platform like this to go to off. And I'm very grateful to that because not many people have the opportunity of jumping on call like this with awesome people like you and having conversations with a stranger that you have never had of before. And it's just very, very, very cool for me. And I'm so grateful. And also for someone like you, like Richard, like 
for coming here to share your story. It's very, very dear to me, and I really will not take it for granted. Well, of course, and and I appreciate you sharing that story. And in fact, that date is so specific; you'll remember it for the rest of your life. You, you and I had to go on many forced marches. We make it look easy. It's nice we don't spend the whole show talking about the losses or the setbacks, but your audience has to realize. And you kept talking about people quitting. Everyone has the same shot of doing it. Everyone could be on your podcast. Everyone could be an entrepreneur. It depends on them internally. And a lot of the times, Mayowa, you're walking alone. You're the only one making that decision. Your family said you were crazy. Family says I'm crazy, but now they're saying that you're the greatest, and they always believed in you. So, yeah, yeah, like it's it's uh, that decision actually influenced all of my because I was the firstborn of the house. That decision oh. actually influenced all my younger ones, and everybody now like are now in that entrepreneurial vibe, and I, I think and even inspire some friends and other people outside of my family circle. Mayowa, you don't seem to realize something, my good friend. Yeah, your grandchildren. We'll be talking about the decisions that you made. These are ripple effects that will affect generations. And you understand that when you make these sort of large life decisions, you then begin a new momentum. And decisions are made after that. I decided second languages. You decided with the podcast and starting your business. So um, these aren't crazy decisions. And these are not even taking large risks because obviously you're well educated. You have good intentions behind you, and you've got wonderful work ethics.、So、the odds were in your favor, and so most of history is written by the winners. And you're on this six-figure entrepreneur podcast not to boast or to say, "Look at me, look at me." You said it earlier to share ideas with people and to let other people know that it can be done. But. I, Mayor, I, I can't just hit the ball and drag people. People have to do it themselves. Yeah, and you sure. Judge someone's best character, my friend, during chaos. When you are down and now, two years in, you weren't sure. Parents are saying things. That's when you really look at yourself in the mirror and judge the true character. And you made that conscious decision to die with your boots on, to keep going. And I commend you for that. And that's and if we can share those sort of ideas out there, and encourage people not to just throw their lives away or take unnecessary risks, but to do their due diligence and, and to be ready for it, then by all means, you and I are the first two people to support them. And、um, I think you're doing great work, as I mentioned before. Yeah, thank, and you have so many different so types、much. of stories. And as long as we all have the same mutual goal in these stories, is to let people know that. They can fulfill their dreams、yeah. if they stick. Yes, yes, you are very right. Like if I can, I I always tell myself if I can do it, anybody, even if you are, I'm not really smart. Like I have made silly mistakes. I started. I I started as an author, and I was English was not even my first language. And you know, I was my writings then were very terrible. You know, I I can remember those days、uh, vividly, and how I was about quitting. Thanks to、uh, my then girlfriend, who actually inspired me to not give up and、uh, actually believe in me then, and I'm grateful to her wherever she is today because she was the reason why I never give up that day. I would have go get a job and、uh, my story would have been very very different. So I have a comment and I have a question. My comment is、sure. we're not smart, we're just good looking. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, <laughs> how many different languages do you speak, and what was your native tongue? Okay,、uh, I came from Nigeria actually, and、uh, my tribe is called、uh, Yoruba. Like、uh, we have like two hundred and fifty tribes in Nigeria. You know, Nigeria、nice. is a very, 
is a diverse uh, country and we have a lot of ethnic uh, divide. And, uh, so I, I speak two languages, uh, English language and uh, my native language, which is Yoruba. And I think I can, I speak a little bit of Hindi. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of Bollywood. And I can speak a little bit of French, uh, not really on a very high scale. Well, I, I can comprehend and put together some few sentences. How wonderful. And I'm sure that when you try, people like to make suggestions and they encourage you like they did with me with my Spanish and with your English. It's everyone's always there to assist you along the way in your language studies. Yeah. But, you know, just like you said, we just have to keep going. Just have to keep doing what we are doing. Keep learning because entrepreneurship and life gen- and general is an ever-ending journey. We have to keep learning. I'm always a student and I have learned a lot from your story. I've learned a lot mm. from all of my guests and they have learned some things as well from me, I believe. And that's the beauty mm. of being an entrepreneur. Now you have a really cool accent. And I always believe that when someone has an accent, it bears the mark of higher education. Obviously, you've shown structure and discipline and high cognitive skills, but no, you do have a really cool accent. I dig it. Yeah. Thanks and, uh, so much. And you know, when I, I, this is not, this is actually my third podcast, uh, you know, but those two early ones are not really, I do. I never really understand what I was doing then. I know my accent was one of the uh, factors that was stopping me from there. You know, I'm not, this is actually not a, a normal American or English uh, accent. You know, I was like, how oh, people take it, you know. But, you know, over the years, I've worked with a lot of awesome Americans, Canadians, and uh, even uh, English people. So it has really helped me to really go to get confidence in myself that, you know what, I, I've got my accent and fine, that is who I am. And and today I'm owning it and this is just me and I love it. I couldn't ask for someone else other than this guy called uh, Mayowa. <laughs> and I have, and I have uh, something to share as well. Since I've seen my agents speaking in English on the phone, since it's their second language, they listen more intently. It's a lot more concentrated focus. Now, since you, once again, have a unique accent for me and you speak English beautifully, but it is a unique accent. It is having me focus a little bit more on the dialect there and and the pronunciation, which is just fine. So once again, it's less distraction and it's more focused concentration on your speech. So my friend, as long as your topics of our interest, you're really going to capture people's attention. As I mentioned before, it's only going to be an emphasis on your delivery and your points. As I say, it works to your advantage. Yeah, thanks so much, Richard. I wish I could continue on and on like this, but unfortunately, we have to go. And before we say goodbye on this show, Richard, can you just tell us where we can connect with you, where we can uh, access all the good stuff that you have been creating all this while? Thank you. First is I think you should buy a plane ticket and come visit me in Costa Rica. You'll love it. Yeah, I won't uh, mind. <laughs> <laughs> you can always give me a call, 888-271-6750. Shoot me an email, CEOCostaRicasCallCenter.com. And we have a Facebook fan page, Mayowa, where I'm going to put this interview there. And there's about 98,000 local Costa Rican Ticos. So you're going to have a lot of new fans. And anybody in the UK and around the world on the Six Figure Entrepreneur podcast, you can really get a pulse on the business process outsourcing industry in Costa Rica. We, once again, we are the only democratic society in Central America, no standing army, 95% literacy rate. 
And we have such beautiful ecotourism. Anytime you come visit here, I got a thousand suggestions for you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Richard. I think you have sold Costa Rica to me, myself, and even to our listeners. And maybe one day I might actually check on you. And I'm looking forward to that. So thank you so much, Richard, for joining me on this show. It's a very awesome time. I've had a very friendly conversation with you. And it seems like we have known each other for a lot of time. And that's one beauty of what I do on this podcast. You know? So thank you so much, Richard, for keeping the entrepreneurial fire burning, for being who you are, for being the awesome you. I believe that you're a very good CEO you're a very good leader from what I have seen so far so and for jumping on this call with me I really appreciate it and I re- it's really means something to me well you made my day and strangers are friends you haven't met yet and I cannot wait to continue to watch your career grow yeah same here so uh, next time I won't mind having you on this show again and I believe you will surely say yes to that I would love a part two. You got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we, we, we can walk towards that. So uh, until next time, uh, where I come back to you with another guest on this Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast, I'm saying goodbye and I'm signing out. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. For more episodes and the show notes for this episode, visit www.thesixfigureentrepreneur.com. And I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes if this episode has been of value to you. See you next time on another episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. And until then, keep building and keep the entrepreneurial fire burning. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. For more episodes and the show notes for this episode, visit www.thesixfigureentrepreneur.com. And I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes if this episode has been of value to you. See you next time on another episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. And until then, keep building and keep the entrepreneurial fire burning.